Tuna Boot. Welcome to the all second alternative tuna that we're doing. Happy to have you here. This is the first episode that we're going to be doing inside a room together. Well, yes, technically the second one, but also the first one. I thought I said first one. No, well, <laughs> this is the first episode that we're doing inside a room together. And it's really nice to see you guys. Yes, it's, it's, it's nice to see you guys too. Yeah. It's nice to be seen by you. So we have our alternative tuna, which is like our little different week. Every sort of every three weeks we put up different songs. And then on the fourth week, we speak about these songs from our alternative tuna. Last time we did it, we had 27 songs to speak about. We decided that was far too much, as I'm sure you heard during the actual podcast that we did. So we are only doing nine songs this time, which you can find in our Alternative Tuna Pan Fried Season 2 playlist, which is on Spotify and on iTunes. We have these playlists put up every Sunday with the episode coming out on like a Monday or a Tuesday. And all the songs that we speak about are going to be on the description of the episode of the podcast. For this one, though, it's just the nine songs that are on the Season 2 Alternative Tuna Pan Fried. The first nine songs, and for every episode you listen to of the podcast, it'll always be the last nine songs. So this is the alternative tuna, Pan Fried Season 2, but if you listen to the regular ones, always going to be the last nine. And the alternative tuna tunes are ones we put up alongside our tuna boot songs each week, and they all have a different theme. Now I will just list the songs we're going to talk about. I'm feeling very stressed. Don't. Okay. Right. So for our... So... For our alternative tuna pan fried, the first one of season two, we have three categories and those are Weird Week, Live Songs and Cover Songs. So from round one, which is Weird Week, we have Black in Amber by A Lazarus Soul, Walla Lake Monster by Sufjan Stevens and Bad Ideas by Tessa Violet. For our live ones, we have I'll Go Crazy, James Brown, Comfortably Numb by David Gilmore, Dream On by Aerosmith. And for our covers week, we have, well, for our covers round, we have mm-hmm. The Man Who Sold the World, Nirvana, Don't Let the Green Grass Fool You by Ponderosa, and Nobody But Me by the Jaded Hearts Club. And it's Dougal Up First. Thank you. My first song is Black and Amber by A Lazarus Soul. I put this up on Weird Week because it made me, it, I think it made me laugh the first time I listened to it and it also made me very weirdly just sort of, I didn't know what to expect from it and I was just quite confused by the whole thing and then it was like it's just yeah it's it's a bit fucking weird and then about my third or fourth time listening to it I decided that I actually loved it and it's a really good song it's like a folk song that you'd listen to if you were on a ship with a bunch of pirates <laughs> and the bunch of pirates were singing this song to you mm. and that's how I imagine like I can imagine one of them going well my dear old ma and then everyone joins in and she wasn't what she wanted and I can see that fucking happening and I kind of imagine that it's going to be Brendan Gleeson who is the guy singing it just weirdly that's what I see happening it's a drinking song Mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's a good old drinking song I just really sort of fell in love with it after my first couple of takes of it to begin with I was like eh it's okay and then I listened to it a couple more times and went 
yeah, I actually really like this. It just gives me something. I don't know what, but they do well. What do you get? I, I put in Weird Week because I wasn't sure, but then I started to really enjoy it. But I think it's weird enough and a bit out there enough to sort of justify it being in Weird Week because it's more of like a shanty yeah, as opposed to a song. Mm-hmm. I took a, a wee gamble at the genre and I went for storytelling folk. Mm-hmm. Mm, sounds about right. Um, yeah, it's a nice tune. It's got a lovely wee melody to it and the guy's a very, a very rich kind of voice and you could definitely hear the the story being told you get a very clear sense of who these characters are it's very repetitive Mm -hmm. verges on being almost like a children's rhyme kind of thing it feels very novelty well that's what i think sort of like a shanty a drinking song shanty is the best word yeah Yeah, shanty is the best word for it i don't always like to apply a cinematic context to it but i get where you're coming from i can see that being part of another thing I don't think it stands as on its own as a particularly great song but I could see it being incorporated into a film or you know, mm. something from a TV show, TV show or something like that but I did really enjoy it and what it really reminded me of was the Captain's Bar I don't know if you guys have been in there yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that wee little Irish pub that I can't remember the name of the street it's on it was, it was around the corner from my old work on Nicholson Street just around the corner from there yeah it's just around from the festival theatre yeah yeah, that's right, in Edinburgh. And I used to love going in there and just listening to the, the Irish folk guys playing their stuff. And what this song really reminded me of was nights in there, you know, cold, wet nights, you go in there, it's nice and warm, you're hearing a guy playing a song on the, on the guitar or banjo, whatever it happens to be, a bit of fiddle. As you know, you know I like Liam. Oh, absolutely. Love um, the strings. Rate a string. And uh, yeah, this is what this conjured up for me I think on its own I like it I enjoy it it's a good time but I feel like it could be like in a, in a context of either that pub or in a film or something it could really mm. could really shine but I enjoyed it I enjoyed it fine it was lovely yeah. listen to it more and more I sort of get this image that it's all it's either about being left outside like a child being left outside a pub mm. or their mum and dad going in or abandonment yeah. it's about being abandoned by the dad Who's always on the black and amber? Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, the it really it sort of becomes quite dark when you like think about it, which is what I, I suppose a lot of shanties sort of do. At the end mm. of the day, yeah, it, it builds that up quite nicely. You get a very clear idea of who these people are. And yeah, it was cool. It, and I think this is a perfect Weird Week tune because it's worth saying at the top of this is that Weird Week is a very, it's a very elastic, malleable term. Yeah. And what's interesting about it, because we nor. I don't know if we spoke about it, but I was under the. I was thinking that perhaps we should maybe cut it out of the rotation because I was like, I didn't. It wasn't very clearly defined to me. But then I think it was either Dougal or Liam. I can't remember who was saying that that's actually part of the fun of explaining why it's in the weird week playlist rather than just in the normal tuna book playlist. And that would be something quite interesting to explore. And I think this is a perfect example of that because if you put it into just the normal tuna book. As in, like, just a song you'd recommend someone. You'd kind of think, well, I'm not really getting much out of it, but I think what Weird Week allows you to do is think about it in a different way. Yeah, it gives you more. It gives yeah. you more to be able to go on. And, like, I mean, Weird Week's such a subjective thing, anyway. Mm. Like, it is, but it allows you to bring these bring these songs that you wouldn't normally bring in, that you're a bit worried might get, like, not liked or might get booted or whatever and go... This is a 
it's almost a safe space to go yeah. for the outer reaches of your music taste for us which to be honest for a lot of people will be very safe but for yeah. us is on the sort of outer reaches of like I kind of like this but I'm not sure so I'll pop it in there and yeah. see if the guys like it and then we can listen to it a bit more and it's out there a bit and you never know what's going to happen Yeah, that's kind of what Weird Week sort of defines for me so I only had two notes for this song the first one was alright what the fuck is this and the second one was I don't know why but I was up dancing to it and it did it just it got me up dancing I don't know how to work out personally why that was happening it does mate like, it, but honestly, it does it, 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 that's how I felt though when I listened to it like the first time you're like nah and then you go yeah yeah actually no I can do this yeah it's weird yeah I think it's definitely a song that would thrive in a certain environment but as I, as I said as a standalone song it's maybe not as as potent but I think if you're listening to it with people or it was in some other context it could be a lot yeah. more effective it's a weird song it's, it's quite nice that you guys had the same feeling that I had to it when yeah. I first listened to it of like nah yeah <laughs> anyway enough about that Jim your song next yes my song is called Waloa Lake Monster by Sufjan Stevens. Surfing Stevens. Sufjan Stevens, I think. Sufjan. I always used to call him Sufjan as, until as, you said Sufjan. As, yeah, it's Sufjan, Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan, yeah, so I do apologise for that. However, I, I also apologise because I, I thought it was Surfing Stevens for a number of years. But to be honest with you, I really don't have a lot to say because it got to the sort of last minute before putting up our weird week tunes and I hadn't really thought about it and I just thought it doesn't it's not that it sounds weird but there's some aspects to it that are a bit out there but to be honest with you it's not really it could easily have fitted into just a normal tune of the week I think it's it's a beautiful song again I'm not entirely sure what it's about it, it could be like a weird sort of folk tale it could be like I, I get the image of like someone telling their kids about the Willowick monster and it could be something like that but I honestly don't know I've not done my research I've only listened to the album that this is off of uh, which I can't remember right now but it's just like a series of mixtapes and demos and things I've not really listened to this artist very much and to be honest with you I feel like I've kind of let myself down this week because I've not the, the greatest gift is what it's called and it's like a mixtape album is what it says it's like there's remixes and things like that from and demos and stuff from all those other songs which I've not really listened to but I just find it an incredibly beautiful sort of haunting is a word I use probably too much but there's a sort of haunting hauntingly beautiful quality to it and I feel like you guys would probably have a lot better things to say about it <laughs> I've got I've got something well why don't you say something and then if you if that triggers something more clever for me to say I'll say it well my first thing was why did you choose it for Weird Week but I think we could sort of like, I don't know, the experimental sort of music interlude on it and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, by the way, um, Sophia Stevens is a singer, songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to hear from the Journey Genre Gym. Absolutely. Journey Genre Gym coming in. The beginning's got a wee bit of feeder to it, I felt. Yeah, no, 100%, yeah. Yeah, and then it's sort of like, it's an interesting song. It's got sort of like a nice background noise to it. Yeah, I don't know. I you could you could have it on the background, and then I'll just read my notes as they are because it's like 
being in a bubble, mm-hmm. being transported to God after you die, but you're all calm. Well, that'll do. And then I said, or you're in a computer looking at all the ones and zeros flying past you. It's like if you're going into the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of clocked it. And for any of our listeners out there, if you haven't watched BoJack Horseman, watch it. Because this would fit in the underwater episode of BoJack Horseman. Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, absolutely. This is this is where I went into. And then it sort of goes into this interesting next bit. Where it's almost like a new sphere of listening. Yeah. When you go into this next, I don't know, this next phase of this musical interlude almost. The first time I listened to this, I thought it was two separate songs. Mm. And then I realised what I was listening to. And went... Yeah, it's the same song. Okay, this is quite interesting. And that second movement, I was like, for sure I'm underwater now. (laughs) And all the sort of high-pitched singing that's coming towards you is definitely mermaids. Yeah. That are sort of like... (laughs) So I've written down, I've decided that this is mermaids that are singing to me as I enter Atlantis. Well, that's, that's a journey and a half there. Getting taken to God <laughs> and then taken down underwater to... Well, oh, this is... Interestingly enough, my last note is this is the definition of a song that takes you on a journey. Yeah. yeah. And it did. I asked you why you put in Weird Week. And I'm, I don't know if you exactly know why you put into Weird Week. No, I don't. But I can kind of get it because it's a song of two halves. And it's a really interesting song. And it's something that if you put into the normal rotation, maybe I'd have sat there and went, why does it need the second half? Or like critiqued it a lot more on that sort of basis. Whereas taking it as it is for a weird week journey, yeah, I'm down for it. But that's my notes on it. What do you have to say, Wayne? About the song in particular, I don't have any, like much to say other than this is a fucking awesome song. Sufjan Stevens is a artist that I've recently become aware of because of a documentary by a YouTuber called Middle Eight, which 100% listen to this. I'm going to make these guys listen to it as well. I'm going to, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're listening to it after this episode. No, no. It's, 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 a, it's a mini documentary. It's about 12 minutes long. It's awesome. Specifically about the song 4th of July. But after this, after watching that documentary... I've got a newfound kind of like discovery was the word that I was going to use, but that's not the right uh, word. But it's uh, appreciation of Sufjan Stevens' work because oh my fucking god, like his shit is so fucking good. Watch the watch the mini doc on Sufjan Stevens by Middle Eight. It's fucking awesome. It's really really. It just it just it does a better job of explaining the feelings and that kind of shit behind songs than we will ever do. Ever. Yeah, but yeah, so so my, my, my final point on this would be Yeah, I really fucking enjoyed it. Anyway, uh No 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 no. I I, I I want to make a point. Diggle, this is outside the podcast. Any of the moths that come in, because there's quite a few, don't kill them. We've got we <laughs> there's, there's, there's yellow boy, there's big boy, and there's slightly smaller big boy. I I yeah. You'll never be invited back. We won't be recording in here if you kill my moss. My track yeah. is what? What is your track? My track is "Bad Ideas" by Tessa Violet. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> sorry. Anyway, 
but I, but I, I do know what to say because I've, I've had quite a lot to say about this and this is why I added this to Weird Week playlist or Weird Week uploads for the playlist. It technically isn't that weird a song. However, it's weird to me because there's so much going on in this particular song that is from so many different genres and it shouldn't work but it does mm-hmm. so you've got this youtuber who does all our kind of shit that's very very similar to Dodie who we're a big we're, we're big fans of Dodie big ups on the Dodie there, there, there's some very 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 sweet vocals that kind of rhyme me of kind of like early 2000s kind of stuff but we, do, we, we spoke at length about that kind of music anyway even though we haven't actually uploaded any of that kind of stuff for previous kind of shit the the kind of like 2000s kind of vocals that are going on are then overlaid over some trap beats which i don't know if you guys listen to trap music never heard of it until right now no right okay so there's a trap beat going on with the drums what's trap music what's happening in this in this song yeah give us a better description <laughs> right I, I can't describe it so we'll do a musical interlude in ter That'll do. Right, okay. Explain that. How can you explain that to people? I, 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 I can't, I just know that that's trap music. Yeah, well, go on, explain it to all Right, well, well, just before he does that, we just played us a, a section of the song in which the drums... Well, it's like a drum machine played a certain beat, mm-hmm. and that's an entire genre of music rather than a drum beat. Yeah. That's not making any sense to me whatsoever. It, it might not, but that, that, that is a thing... And that that is something that we'll have to get used to. <laughs> no, no, not that I'm going to play more of that, but well, not not that I disliked it. But that, that's that's the thing that happens. A, I don't understand how it's a separate genre of music rather than just mm. pop music with that same drum beat that plays it. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird, isn't it? What's well, nonsensical? That's the world we live in, mate. Well, it's fine. Uh, There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just I don't understand how it's different from just generic pop mm. music. Do you have anything else to say about your? Bad Ideas by Tessa Violet. Yes, I do, actually. Thank well, you very much. Well, you're yeah. on us, brother. But well, yeah, no, I just, I just, it's the best time to talk about it. <laughs> well, it would be, but I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew that, yes, there is a trap beat. So, yeah, it's, it's called a trap beat because trap is the kind of drums that are getting played. So, yeah, so you've got 2,000-ish vocals from a YouTuber that are then getting played over a trap beat, and that trap beat is then getting played over Pachelbel's Canon, which is why I find it's weird because you've got all these these things or these musical musical kind of things that everyone well not everyone musical knows elements. Uh, musical elements is all happening and it really really shouldn't work, but I find it enjoyable. I don't think there's anything wrong with this track at all. No, I think it's a very very good song. But there's so many elements that I know come from so many different kinds of music that I wouldn't put together myself. But it works. Yeah. No, I agree. I like I one of my first notes is there's a bit of Pachelbel's canon in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure we were sitting in a field where you showed me this song and you were asking me, is that Pachelbel's canon? I'm pretty sure we had this discussion about this song yeah. outside of this. But it like I was in from the start. Yeah. I enjoyed this song. I got a bit of like a more psychedelic Beatles vibe to begin with, which is like I mean, 
not as good as the Beatles, as you have to say. When I bring like when you bring up any sort of band like that, it's not them, but it's got that sort of vibe to it going on. And then you got that little bit of Patty Bell's Cannon coming in, and then it's just a it, it is a bit of a strange sound, but it's got it's nice. And then I figured out who it was that mm. I was hearing, mm. and it's Vampire Weekend. And there's a Vampire Weekend song that has this exact same beat to it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one? Um, yeah, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was sitting, I was listening to it, and the rest of my notes were just like, it's just Vampire Weekend. This is all I've got. This is all I can hear. Vampire Weekend Step mm-hmm. is what I got. And then I started putting that together. And realizing that it's sort of like, yeah, a bit of a jigsaw puzzle that sort of fits together so well. Yeah. Um, my last note on it is just so it's so interesting, and I am really enjoying it. And it's kind of strange, and I thought I wouldn't like her voice. Yeah. But I actually really do. Yeah. And yeah, it's enjoyable. And thanks to yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I'll just read my notes as I wrote them this time very sweet and nice voice fun sound love the pre-chorus building into the chorus mm-hmm. and then that mm-hmm. like that bit where it drops into the chorus is fantastic so this song's been around for a couple of weeks now and I've listened to it again and again I've never really paid much attention to it other than just enjoying the melody and the singing but then today or yesterday or today I was sitting listening to it with the well I always listen to it with the earphones on but I was just sitting paying proper attention to it and there's so much going on in the music it's actually it's, it's fascinating actually you could pick it apart and I really wish I'd actually paid more attention to what's going on because there's, there's a choir in it yep this sort of angelic sounding choir running all the way through it and that was the only thing I picked up on but I was hearing all these other things and I was like oh, this is just fantastic so it takes what sounds like a very a very simple generic pop song but it's sort of it's much more than that yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, that, that's why this song in particular kind of made it onto this playlist was because it's just something slightly weirder and there's a lot more the the, the whole point of putting this song on was because there were so many things there's so many elements to this that shouldn't work together but it did and so yeah again this is a what you want from a weird week tune something with a bit more to it that does it's a bit more under the surface than what you thought yeah there's a lot to gain from I think all the weird week ones Mm. it's good well, we are in danger of always putting up some sort of alternative song whether that's rock alternative rock alt indie alt pop whatever it is yeah we'll always fall into an alternative bracket of some description so yeah. it's quite interesting to put up a song that you might be like this doesn't fit into that and I really like it but I don't know why but I think I do and it's not something that I'd put on a main playlist, but it's something that I'd like to chat about with you guys. Right, get that window fucking white. Oh my god. What the I fuck are you doing? I opened. What the, the fuck are you doing, Jim? Have you fucking broke my curtains? Alexa. What do you think I did? Play broke my you curtains. You fucking broke my curtains. Are you telling me you haven't broke these before? No. What the fuck are you doing, well, mate? Alexa. You're actually fucking kidding me. Are you actually annoyed at me right now? Yes! I opened your curtains and they fell off. Right, okay, right. Stand you up in that chair and put those back, back up. Oh, give me a fucking minute. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, I can see right through you, you fucking del- milk. You fucking milk. <laughs> you delk. <laughs> Round two. Alright. Well, it's you first, Dougal. So, for live week, this time I put I'll Go Crazy by James Brown. I thought this was a really interesting story behind the album. Um, so when James Brown put this forward to his manager or whatever you like, they turned around to him and basically said, no, a live album will never make any money. And he sort of went, well, I still want to do it anyway, and funded it himself to make this music. And he made this album, which is probably one of the most iconic live albums that you'll hear, James Brown at the Apollo. And he shoved it in their face, because look at it from then, how many live albums have actually made so much money look at the uh, MTV Unplugged shit and stuff like that these days Yeah, everyone's looking for a live album and it's almost like James Brown started this in a way he sort of showed that there is a market, a market yeah. for these live albums by saying fuck you to the label that told him he can't do a live album this whole album is absolutely amazing because he just controls the fucking crowd he can make the women in the he can make the women and the men swoon by any note that he fucking sings. Absolutely. And when you start yeah. when you actually when you listen to this song, he just has this control like everyone's at his fucking fingertips. He could do whatever he wants. He could do anything he fucking wants and the audience would be there at his fucking fingerprint. His fingertips, <laughs> his, his fingertips, and it's just incredible to listen to. It's classic James Brown, and it's just awesome. The guy's voice is just unimaginable. No one can do this shit. Mm. Like no one can. How can you scream like that and not wake up the next day and go, "I can't speak anymore." I've tried my best. Yeah, and I'm dead. For like two days after that, I've got the croaky voice going on. Mm-hmm. it's just amazing and I love that he made this sort of iconic live album where he told his label, his producers, whatever fuck you, I'm doing this I'll pay for it myself let's just record it and see how it goes and then you have everything that spawns from this I had to put this up as my live album choice because it spawned everything we're going to speak about live album Yeah, because no one thought at that time that that could make any money and look at us now yep I've got I've got very very minimal notes for this, but they basically say exactly what you're saying, which is a real smooth, very cool. Mm. And that, that that's, that's all just I've got. what I was saying, mate. Yeah. <laughs> is that literally all you've got? That that is literally <laughs> all. I've got. Real smooth. Right. So cool. when what so this can't possibly have been the first ever live album. That it's not the first ever live album, but it's like it they, pioneered the idea of selling it as a. Like a commercial entity. Yeah, basically right. his record label turned to him and said, this will never make money. Mm. And he went, well, I'll fund it myself. And well, that's awesome. I took issue with that because I was like, surely that's not the first. Because Johnny Cash only came before him. Mm-hmm. 
needed his life at San Quentin and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So those sorts of things would have been about and made and done well. Done well. They would have done well commercially. So I'm not having a go. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't understand the history around that album as well as you do. So I'm just wow. Well, it was it was real smooth and very cool. No, he was told that the, a live album would never make money. By his record label, and he went and said, "Well, I'm doing it anyway because it will," which is awesome. And, and it did, and it and, did, and, and it was, and like, it was real smooth and very cool. Throughout the album as well, he's got like he slows down things, he speeds up things, and you can just hear the audience being at the palm of his fucking hand throughout the whole thing, listening and doing what he basically tells them to. And it's absolutely amazing. And this is, yeah, it's popularised the live album yeah. from this fucking album. Yeah. yeah. And what, what, what was it? It was, it was real smooth and very cool. Yeah. No, it was very smooth <laughs> and very cool. Uh, yeah, no, you're right, man. James Brown could probably, let's arbitrarily throw out a number. Top 10 live perform- performers of all time? I can top imagine. five? Yeah. Will we go top three? No. Top seven? He's at least sixth. Yeah. Yeah. amazing I mean yeah. nobody as you're saying nobody works a crowd like this guy absolutely um, yeah it just he got all those honeys throwing their panties at him before Tom Jones was exactly yeah Tom Jones wished he could have been and it was just so smooth wish he could have been what <laughs> <laughs> but anyway the YouTube video of the week is it's called 1988 is this James Brown's strangest interview ever and we watched it before we recorded it's awesome he's getting interviewed in on a uh, an American news network I can't remember which one and they're the the reporters asking him about certain allegations that he abused his wife and did all these very strange things and he's just completely fried off his nut he's wearing these I want to say yellow gigantic glasses and he just he keeps screaming and shouting and bawling and it is hilarious he I think he purely speaks in names of songs that he's recorded pretty much yeah and that's James Brown I think James Brown for anyone who doesn't know was a funk and soul performer we moved on Jim I know but I forgot to say that right so (laughs) so my choice for the live week is David Gilmore comfortably numb? So this is the five word summary. Progressive rock, genius, enough said. <laughs> that is four. <laughs> well, progressive rock, surely two words. Progressive rock, genius, enough said. Yeah, five words. I'm happy to leave it at that. You, no, 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 because I'm not happy with that because that that is just common knowledge. Well, to be honest with you, that's... I, I was expecting more. I was expecting more, Jim. Right, I'd, I'd, I'd rather you just started with the, the everything that you need to say now. I will talk about it for fucking ages. I would really like you to talk about it. I'm going to give you five minutes. So you've right, got... from now, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so, for my money, Pink Floyd, were at the height, when they were at the height of their powers, were the greatest band you ever lived. A lot of them, a couple of them are still alive. A lot of them are dead. That doesn't mean anything. I'm eating into my time. Um, I fully understand if people aren't a fan, totally get that. Either works for you or it doesn't. But for me, when it's working at its best, 
is as good as any genre of music can. So I'm, I'm including classical, I'm including like Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, which is probably the best music ever. Pink Floyd's better than that. Anything else we've ever talked about or will talk about is not as good as Pink Floyd in my head. Nothing ever. Nothing ever. When they are at their peak. Now, you talk to some people, and they'll say they like their earlier experimental weird stuff. Mm -hmm. For example, Paul Weller, who is you know, one of the greatest musicians and songwriters has ever lived, mm -hmm. just likes the early stuff. Apparently, unless it was a joke... <laughs> in a podcast I was listening to unless it's a joke he only likes the really early stuff doesn't like the later stuff although I think that might be the joke anyway a lot of people like the early stuff don't like the more progressive experimental experimental and concept album stuff that they got known for I'm not a huge fan of the first stuff I do like a lot of it for example like the song Bike is brilliant but why, why, why was there such a fascination with bikes? I mean, I mean, you got you've got that song, and then you got fucking the the bicycle song from fucking Queen. They're a different band. I Don't know about what I'm saying. Like, why was there such a fascination with bikes? Why do two different bands write a song about bikes? Yeah, you need to know my time. Anyway, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, about two minutes. And well, that's fine. To be honest with you, because I don't really have that much more to say other than I don't believe there's a god, but if there is, comfortably enough, is their favorite song. It is a song that transcends everything, and I don't mean just artistic endeavour, I don't mean musical ability, I don't mean lyrics or songwriting or anything like that. I mean it transcends everything. It melds into the DNA of all possible interpretations of what it means to exist. It is that good. It's everything. The greatest guitar solo of all time. I have other ones that I like. But um, I just think this... I, I, I just think it's good that this song exists because it eradicates the possibility of anything being better than it. So that's the ceiling, and we're all just trying to reach for it, and that's special, right? So this version that I've chosen is the David Gilmour one. It's not the Pink Floyd one uh, from Live in Pompeii. For some reason, this is the one I've listened to most. Don't know why, it just is. Uh, it's You can listen to the Pink Floyd ones on metal and no pulse sorry I highly recommend that but um, David Gilmore is probably the greatest guitarist who has ever lived or ever will live he's the happiest man playing that guitar and everyone involved in this recording is having the greatest time drummers backing singers everyone crowd amazing and if I had 8 grand to spunk on going to fucking Pompeii to see him I would love to do it but I can't never will it's the greatest song ever not saying it's the greatest recording of it but it's fucking good Thank you very much. Good night. If I had eight grand to spunk to go to Pompeii, I would be looking at all the dead people. And that is no fucking lie. Yeah, you know, so so my, my favourite version of this song was back when I was in fifth year. So about, about 16, 17 probably. When my mate uh, Stuart, who's my, uh, my best mate in high school, he played Comfortably Numb in its entirety for a talent show wow at school which is fucking mental for a 16 17 year old yeah well I did, yeah that, that that was my only comment i would like to give a shout out to stuart who 
him and his uh, fiance Samantha should have had their wedding during the time that the coronavirus was happening. But yeah, Stuart, at the age of like 16, 17, played comfortably numb for a school talent show, wow. which is fucking mental. That's awesome. Yeah. Stuart, I did. We're going to do something for you, right? Live on air, right now. Any stones you need for your wedding. In the car. And from Tunavut to you. And that covers grit to decorative stones. And also, if you're needing any glass cut by a pen, <laughs> we can get that for you. We have, honestly, I can't open my front door for glass cutting pens. I really can't. I've got lacerations up to the knees at this the, point. The joys of being sponsored. <laughs> We're not even I fucking sponsored by this. Like, <laughs> right, sure, sure. I want you to know, like, this this me you right now. This was sincere until they started talking about it. I, I don't give we'll a shit anymore. Right. It's fine. Listen, if no, you no, want, no, if, keep this in. If you no, want no. pebbles posted through your letterbox of a regular, we can do that. <laughs> you know how most people, like, chuck rice or something like that? Mm-hmm. Red granite. All I'm saying. <laughs> right, well, don't worry. Your fr- was it Stuart? Stuart, yeah. Liam's friend Stuart will be getting stones chucked at him. Sure. And shout out to Caroline, one of the best mums that I have ever met, ever. What, she was this, also... what was this thing about you not saying second names, like, a couple of bits ago? No one knows it. Done it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, don't, don't worry, everyone we've mentioned will be getting stones chucked at them. <laughs> right. Liam. Uh, what have you got? Um, so, comfortably numb. David Gilmore. It's quite good. <laughs> right. It's alright. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. When we're doing live week, I like to sort of, I don't know, close my eyes a bit and just imagine myself trying to be there or something like that. And fuck me. It's the ultimate live band. Mm-hmm. This one. And it, like, when he, even when he's singing, like, David Gilmore's not the best singer. But his growl that comes out during parts of it. Mm. It's just, not him singing verses. <laughs> it should be mentioned. Uh, it, well, no, it's not. It's, a, it's an entirely different person. But it's not the best. It's not the best singing song. Let's put it uh, that way. It, so, just to finish off our chat on Comfortably Numb, because I think it's absolutely amazing, and I don't think I got... I, I wrote down a note that just says, it's thunder, isn't it? It's intense, powerful, and just so impressive. And it's like, yeah, this track particularly is quite self-indulgent. Yeah. You fucking get to be self-indulgent when you can make this happen. Yeah. And I think this is yeah, this is like you can you can fucking you could play a fifty-minute solo as David Gilmore from Pink Floyd doing this, doing comfortably numb, and no one would fucking complain. We'd all fucking have a great time. It's just incredible. I could close my eyes and be there. Mm-hmm. And just like, let it, it just sort of eclipses you. It runs over you like a wave of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's how I feel about it. And you know, when the track ends, this track in particular that you put up, mm-hmm. I mean, it's ten minutes long and there's nine minutes of a song. And hey, then no, it's, it's about eight. Eight minutes twenty or something, it stops. And then there's just crowd noises. Yeah. And that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. If you want to know how good this song is without listening to the song, 
fast forward to 8 minutes 20 and just listen to fuckers cheer for 1 minute and 40 seconds and at the end he just goes he says, he says something like thank you very much we'll see you some other time yeah and that's it and he just leaves he just fucks off and it's done I mean it is pretentious but it's like you know he earns it anyway we've discussed it enough Liam let's go on to your track so the track that I picked for the live portion of this episode is Dream On by Aerosmith I mean this is dad rock is at its finest I I don't think anyone could uh, disagree with that it's it's just fucking awesome though. This was the very, very, very first song that I ever had downloaded on my very first iPod. Wow. Yeah. This version or just the song? This version. Wow. It was this, and then the second song was the untitled song by Simple Plan, which both of these songs were downloaded by my mum on my first ever iPod. Yeah. Were Simple Plan featured in an episode of Scooby-Doo? I have no fucking clue. They might have Sorry, that was a weird memory thing I had to get out. Sorry, <laughs> I'm really sorry to interrupt you. On Scooby Doo. They were, they were in, they had a, their own van. <laughs> a simple plan van, I'm pretty sure it was called. I'm not making that up. Okay. Why the fuck would I? I'm sure that okay. I'm really sorry to interrupt you. As I saw you. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, so. No, 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 no. Again, it's come down to your editing, so if it's funny, keep it in. I'm so sorry. It doesn't matter, man. If it's funny, keep it in. Alright, so this is the very, very first song that I had in my iPod. The very second song was Untitled by Simple Plan, which was actually a video, I think. But, you, you know what? I don't actually have... I, I just fucking love this song. I don't have many, very, like, actual notes on this. I've just got memories so it was that that was the first memory. The second memory was when I went to Disneyland Florida with my family. I can't remember how old I was. At New Year, we were sitting in the MGMT. Uh, MGMT. MG, <laughs> we were we were sitting in the MGM park for the bells for New Year. This song played. So it was me sitting my family in Florida at Disneyland. And Dream On by Aerosmith in the park where the Aerosmith ride was. You know the you know the ride that what's that oh, called? Really. The rock and roller coaster. It just it just plays. <laughs> it just plays Aerosmith songs and it's <laughs> fucking amazing. I bet the people that operate that ride are <laughs> just fine right now. <laughs> but they're all fine. But yeah, so they just like hugging themselves. Standing in America, in Florida, at New Year, the bells are going, uh, Dream On starts playing. And it was fucking awesome. We were just sitting there, like, just sitting having a drink. I got some watermelon as well, because I was very, very thirsty. And that is a great, that is a great fruit to make you feel more or less hydrated. I don't know, I'm fucking drunk right now. (laughs) (laughs) This is the epitome of a Liam story, surely. This is not rating fruit. But yeah, (laughs) but yeah, the bell's weird. Fucking Dream On started playing. It's a fucking awesome song. The live, the live version is fucking ace. And that's all I've got to say about it. If Even if you don't like Aerosmith or Dad Rock or that, this song is awesome. And the, the live version is even more awesome. Right, okay, right, go start then. Right, I'll... right, go on. Do you have anything more to say about the Aerosmith? No, Aerosmith fucking awesome. It's Dad Rock and I love it. It's my guilty pleasure. Jim, you kick us off. No, it's you. Okay. So you have mentioned Aerosmith quite a lot over the past couple of months, and I've tried to maybe listen or take it seriously, and I never have. 
And then I listened to this. And honestly, man, the vocal solo right at the open, I was like, yeah, Steven Tyler, he can sing. We all knew that. But he can fucking sing. It almost had a Pink Floyd element to it, sort of like Great Gig in the Sky and all that. And then, like, I just sort of started thinking that I don't give Aerosmith enough credit. Like, they deserve much more than I do because the guitar in this is fucking fantastic. And it's a very strong mix of live music going on here. It was just, I enjoyed it much more than I ever thought. Steven Tyler, amazing voice. And the more I listen to it, you just sort of, I realised how much you forget that Aerosmith are more than just, I don't want to miss a thing. They actually are. And you put on the Before the Podcast playlist, Janie's Got a Gun. Mm -hmm. Didn't care for it that much. But this song... And then playing live, newfound appreciation, man. His screaming is very fucking impressive as well. And I was thinking about this live portion that we've got, and we've got a bunch of guys who can sort of like scream or growl very fucking well. And yet, this, I think this live portion that we've got is one of the strongest three songs that we've ever had on Tune About, ever. Because they're just fantastic and I thought out of the three because obviously I'm biased about James Brown because and it's an original sort of mark maker on something comfortably numb David Gilmore I'm never going to say a bad word about it and I thought Aerosmith might take this down and then I listened to it and went no no I was wrong and I'll stand up and admit totally fucking idiot wrong fantastic music well done thank you for bringing that back to us like I would never have thought to listen to any of that shit because I've got no appreciation for it until now and this is what this is all about mm -hmm. Jim what you got to say well I'd pretty much echo what you're saying they're a classic rock group oh yeah 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 so my notes are well I'll say some of them and discuss them as is the format of the show um, <laughs> people hate this band my first note people really give this band a hard time and you know what I kind of can get where they're coming from because it's a very slightly cheesy and things but I think I get what you mentioned uh, don't want to miss a thing I think this band is sort of steeped and mired in that sort of what's the word for it just cheesiness that I don't hoisted by their own petard perhaps yes <laughs> and I don't <laughs> I don't think I, I really don't think that they are that. I don't think they are just cheesy pop or cheesy mm. rock or cheesy dad rock, although they do have those elements to them. I just think they make really fun music, really great music, a fantastic guitar solo in it. This is a band that benefits from being heard live rather than their studio recordings because I think their studio recordings, although good, mm. Actually no, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna address that now. I would never listen to an Aerosmith album <laughs> from start to finish. Well, I you know I, you know what you know what I I would uh, I would agree with that because a lot of their a lot of their albums include the same songs, and this is something I've talked to my dad about because obviously it is dad rock for us us listeners right now. It is dad rock, but there's there's quite a few albums that include the same songs, which I have never understood. But no, 
but I didn't realise that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're a, they're perfect at what they do, mm-hmm. and it's they're perfect. It, it it's all in where you listen to it. Yeah. Like I was talking about the very first song we spoke about, a Lazarus Soul. Like that mm. benefits from being in the right scenario, the right place, the right time. This is a fantastic song to put. See if you're making a party playlist. You're having a party in your mm-hmm. house. Gonna sound weird, but into the fourth quarter of the night, bang in some Aerosmith. Everyone's fucked. Mm. They're dancing about. They're jumping about. Chucking some Aerosmith right at that moment. Oh, 100%, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone loves it. Everyone's singing along. People who would say, and I hate Aerosmith, they're shit. I don't like them. I don't like anyone who likes them will be dancing along to it or jumping about or singing <laughs> to it. You know what I mean? And I think... Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to disagree, but I think, I think that's, that's 100%. That's the perfect way to describe <laughs> it because folk who say they hate Aerosmith mm-hmm. are basically folk who are like, well, I don't want to miss the things played far too much. Yeah. And then they'll listen to a song like, yeah, you're right, fourth quarter of the night. Third, third quarter of the night, before like, like before yeah, like the mental quarter, hyper stuff kicks ah. in at the end and then the ball is to ease you home. Mm-hmm. This would be a pre, before, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but basically... Well, well no, no, not what you said right now, but what you said before that was good. Excellent, so this stuff that you'll keep in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's nice to speak and hear it being cut out as you're saying it. <laughs> I, th- I think it was fourth quadrant. No, it was the then third. Then you changed it, it to the, third the, quadrant. No, it was no, the no, third. You no. said fourth quadrant. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said the I third quarter. You said fourth quadrant. No, I didn't. I said the third quarter of the night. That's what I said. But it's definitely anyway, not what you said because you said quadrant, anyway, not quarter. Anyway, lads, quadrant. anyway, lads, this is But anyway, my point, my point being is that in the exact right place and time, Mm-hmm. I keep squeaking my voice in the exact right place and time they are the perfect band to have the perfect song to give you that feeling and uh, yeah I just really enjoyed it yeah, I mean I, I totally get why people don't like it but it's enjoyable and it's it's just good and I think well we can probably end it there can we not right so will we go with the covers round Sounds good to me. Right, so I chose The Man Who Stole the World by Nirvana, which is obviously a David Bowie song originally, and this is from their MTV Live album, which is iconic, mm-hmm. an iconic live album. And this is probably one of the most famous covers that you'll come across, I think. Like, it's just fucking unbelievable. I love this take on the song. It's just it's Bowie but it's the Nirvana twang to it and it just it never fails to appreciate the uh, song that it comes from but it gives it that new sort of Nirvana sound to it and it's just I think it's always brave when a band actually covers a Bowie song and like commits fully to doing this on something like an MTV Unplugged album or something like that yeah I just I think it's amazing um I don't have much to say other than I just find it so iconic and just amazing. And if we're doing like an album to listen to out of this and people haven't listened to it, then the MTV Unplugged Nirvana. Surely people have listened to that. But if they haven't, fucking listen to Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, like, if, if you've not listened to that, then fucking hell. If you've not hell. listened to it, what the fuck are you doing? It's, it's a song that I've got the most notes for out of this round. 
even out of this in my own song that I picked. This song and this album just have so much impressive musicianship in it. Like, mm. it's just so impressive and it's a true classic. And then you get to, like, the solo in this song, for instance. It's just so fucking good. And then you get to the end of this song. And I put this song up and then listen to it. And you've got the end, and you've got like um, Kurt Cobain and uh, like you know Dave Grohl and all that having a wee laugh on stage, and I love that. We laugh on team. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> laugh on stage, laugh on team. But I love that in a live album that you've just got the people actually being people on stage, yeah, and just like doing them being themselves. Well, the, but the... back to the song, it's fucking unbelievable. They they had well fucking done. Pat like you know you know Pat from Foo Fighters, mm. he was in, he was in playing the guitar, or something during mm. this song, uh, on the the well obviously it was a video because it was a live thing, which is mental because that was way pre Foo Fighters. Mm. Yeah, I the, this is again this is the most notes that I've got on this round, but this song. I've got memories from when me and my mum and my brother would sit and watch uh, music videos on like Kerrang and fucking Scars and all that kind of shit and we'd just be sitting like drumming along with chopsticks on a pillow or on a cushion. To me this is this is one of the like the OG songs. This is this is what got me into music. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's basically just a throwback. It's also one of the first songs that I learned on the ukulele. And I've I've played that to you guys quite a few times. I've just got so fucking so many memories of this song. I love it. It's just a fucking absolute classic, and it's it's one of the best covers. It's one of those undeniable tracks. One of the notes here is that I I've got that if you don't like it, you're the kind of person that should be getting fucking snaked. <laughs> I don't remember writing that, <laughs> but I wrote that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, to anyone who doesn't like it, you'll be getting snaked. <laughs> so that, to me, is either getting bitten or eaten alive by a giant snake. <laughs> and and the final the final note that I've got is, if I could boot a person, I'd be the kind of person that didn't like this track. Yeah. Yeah. That that's where I'll end it. Yeah. Yep. I've just got. Uh, this Bowie cover is one of the most iconic pieces of music and I feel like I know this album through osmosis it's like I, I can't remember ever sitting from start to finish and just listening to this album but I know I know it it's just mm. a part of cultural and musical history I just from the second that guitar riff starts you know where you are yeah and you are yeah. just I don't know it's strange because no, I'm not the biggest Nirvana fan I do love Nirvana I've got a huge amount of respect for Nirvana I love them but I'm not a mega fan by any means but I do love them but when I listen to this so I'm about to get very pretentious here and I really don't mind but this song just reminds me of how amazing people are and I was talking about uh, Comfortably Numb and how that isn't, it isn't music. Not, well, it is music, obviously, but it's not just music. It's It transcends that. Yeah, it yeah. transcends it all. And this cover of David Bowie, what it does is, it's a song that, I, you know, I, I like 
the Bowie song, and what it does is take someone like Bowie, who is, you know, I'm happy to rate him as the greatest songwriter of all time, I'm or whatever. You know, 100%. we all we all know that to take an amazing song from someone with a legacy like David Bowie and to make it mean more than the original song did and for it to mean even more beyond that and beyond music and for it to just be a part of our lives and a part of our DNA that's a, probably the best way to describe it it's just mm-hmm. like I, I don't even re- I don't have anything to say about the song other than just those first opening notes of those guitar and that, and that guitar what it, it doesn't remind me of music it doesn't remind me of Bowie or anything like that it just reminds me of how fucking amazing people can be mm-hmm. those little moments just remind you that people are just fucking amazing yes yeah that's what I'm saying yeah and this yeah it's really interesting because this song transcends who it's by and who does it and just becomes it becomes significant in its own bounds it's like it's yeah. up there yeah, and I had like I I had to put in. We were doing covers week. There was no other cover that needed to be done. It it is ephemeral because it might be recorded and everyone can experience it. Yeah. But when you experience it, it is there for a fleeting moment, and you will be changed by it. But it's got that ephemerality that it's just that when you get into it, you're there. Hot on the heels of that Nirvana cover, the song I'm picking is Don't Let the Green Grass Fool You by Ponderosa. Now this was a Spotify Discover Weekly tune. I listened to it and I can identify when I realised it was going to be one of my favourite songs. And that was three seconds into it. It started... And for those of you who haven't listened to it, it doesn't matter whether you have listened to these tunes or not, hopefully just enjoy the general camaraderie and banter of the whole thing. But basically it just starts off with, I think, two or three bass notes and then a, mm. I don't know how you call it, a sort of resonant snare drum. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that drum hit, I I was in. I was I was there. It transported me to music heaven. I didn't know it was a cover when I listened to it. And to be honest with you, it's one of those songs that means so much to me not because of any of you know I like to apply context and all this sort of bullshit to things there's a purely musical response I had to it I just heard it and I was like this is everything I could possibly hope for from a song the way the song makes me feel what I get from it is just so immense and it's like I understand that we're all a grain of sand when I'm listening to it and it's like we're all on the same beach no, I don't mean that, but... I've, I've heard people say that, though. Yeah. So. But that, that sort of gargantuan yeah, disgust yeah. fest of... I, I, yeah, I no, I, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I'm not... This is one of those ones where I haven't been, been able to articulate it. I don't know exactly... Uh, Nirvana are a rock band, by the way. Oh, oh well, well, they're not. It's grunge. But when you look them up, it all says rock. This is... It's another ethereal song. A what? Ethereal. Ethereal? Song. I'm not saying Nirvana's an ethereal band, I'm saying this song I'm talking about now. Is <laughs> I got very confused there because I thought you were saying this is another ethereal song. Speaking about getting annoyed at genres you find on the internet. Yes. The only genre I could find for Ponderosa was Southern Roadhouse Folk. 
no Southern Roadhouse Rock, which which is a, which is true for some of it but not all of it. So this is a very bass heavy, <clears throat> very bass heavy, ethereal sort of. I want to say electronic sound, but I know that's not true. Very synthesizer heavy song. It's a cover of a Wil Wilson Pickett song. It's a, sl a s slow artist. Pickett is a soul artist who is very good and his original song is, is very very good but what Ponderosa managed to do is stretch out this song and add these musical elements to it which it's just staggeringly beautiful I'm not going to keep yeah. talking about it but I am you, you, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean you don't need to you've got you've I've done it you, you've nailed it I didn't do my listening on time because I've been writing my dissertation because I've got uni to finish. However, so do I. No excuse. You don't. Fuck off, Diggle. You're 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 a smart cookie. So are you. Well, you've only just discovered that, though, haven't you? Mm. Yeah, we thought you were an idiot in college. <laughs> <laughs> you explain that, and I was like, "Fuck so me!" Today, really? He's super smart. Yeah, it's like Christopher uh, Nolan went into hermeneutic triangles. Triangle, spiral. He's, he's inception, fucking going to a gig. That's amazing. <laughs> he's inception. Right, I mean, I mean, I've got less kind of notes on this song than I do on my actual song that I've like added into this. But basically, I said I love this. I don't know the original. Is 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 that is that a thing? The original is not a very well known song. There is an original though. Well, it's, uh, co it's, it's covers covers week. Oh, it's, so it's covered week. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's good. The because anyway, the, the, the third one no, is... No, that was in his notes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what he's just saying now. That's in your notes. You didn't realise we were still in the covers week. <laughs> yeah. You've got your own one coming after it. Right, I take back everything I said. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> the, first, oh, the first note of my, my, my actual song is love this. Anyway, so yeah, so, so the third <laughs> note of this song... <laughs> What was the first two? I love I, this. I love this, and I don't know the original. Anyway, the 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 third one is I love it, <laughs> and the fourth one is definitely. <laughs> you're gonna need to read this out, by the way. Definitely my pex x of if the week. <laughs> pex x if the week. Says definitely my p i k no p i c k. Z space X space if the week <laughs> definitely my picks times if the week. <laughs> Amazing. So this song, the first time I heard this song, was when I was teching a show that our own Jim had written. Where are we now? Two and a half years ago now. Hi, two thousand eighteen in the red, the wee red bar yeah, in yeah. Edinburgh. Yeah. I checked the show Pharmacy Island. This song was the ender of it, basically. And I just, I always will remember in that little booth in the wee red bar having to tune that fucker up to play it. And the first 15 seconds you'll never hear. And it was quite hard because it was like, just wait 10 seconds before, ah, there's going to be a minute of silence or something like that. And this song will always remind me of that. And I love that. And it reminds me of that day. Which is a weird thing because this day, like, it it just brings back so many emotions because we obviously have your first ever play that got put on in front of people. And when this play got put on, 
it was about a week after I started seeing my new girlfriend, which is what two and a half years down the line now. Yeah. So I'm gonna take over Jim's song for a second because mm-hmm. I feel like a dick from last week. He can cut this out if it wants, but I'm wanting to dedicate my thoughts in this song after I've spoken about Jim mm-hmm. to Ali because it reminds me of starting to be with her and starting to be on this amazing journey that I've went with the girl that I'm now with and love and all that. That's that's so that's so fucking cute. And I I will absolutely would love if you could dedicate the, the, the first five minutes of that relationship to me sitting there on the couch. It's a beautiful song. It reminds <laughs> me of so many amazing memories. Mm. But when you cut that all out, still a fantastic fucking song. It's just chilled and enjoyable. And that beat before Don't Let the Green Grass Fool You, it's just so enjoyable to get that bump. And then you go into the actual fucking chorus of it. It's just, it's such a good song. It's got a bit of psychedelia to it. Yeah. And I really enjoy that. And it's just, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I didn't know it was a cover until you put it up in a covers week. It might have been a cover that, in my own life anyway, has eclipsed the song that it was actually, uh, was the original song. Chinaboo. Yes, last song. Right, again, I have very, very minimal kind of shit here. I've got four lines here. That that, that song from The Office. It's, uh, this is Nobody But Me. This is Nobody But Me. The Jaded Heart Club and Miles Kane. Right, now, now. Uh, I know Miles Kane. I think he's awesome. I know this song. You, you know what? what? What I've said so far is at least three lines. <laughs> my notes because I've got love this I don't know the JD Hearts Club but this is fucking ace The Office love Miles Keynes and that, that, that's all that I've got so uh, fucking fire into me fire into me go for it do it so this is a song originally by the Isley Brothers and then it was covered by the Human Beings mm. and the Human Beings had that go on and shimmy like I do so the human beings basically took the Eiley brothers, which had more like a 50s dance craze, 60s dance craze to it, and applied it to a more modern setting. So the one you get in the office called Open mm-hmm. is the human being. They're the one that I know. Yeah, yeah. Right, cool, yeah. That's the one that Miles Kane and the Jaded Hearts Club covered. Mm-hmm. Is the... I say updated, but it's eighties dance culture. Like, it's it's the same song. Like even even yeah, the yeah. the cover that I uploaded is the same song that's in yeah. the office. So like it's, there's no difference yeah, there. Well, that's the thing. You can't get past this song, no matter who covers it. Yeah. Without thinking of that cold open from the office, because that's we've used this word a lot, but it's iconic. Yeah. Like don't get us wrong. That that cold open from the office is iconic, but it's just it's a really it is a good song and it's so catchy it's got that sort of it's got that hook from the start and i think that's something that's quite different in a song that from that first moment in that song you get hooked in and i think that's what's quite iconic about this song as well as much as the office goes open is that it's just got that hook from the start that's going to bring you in and you're always going to know the song rather than the person that's singing it 
So it's sort of got a timeless quality to it, almost weirdly, for being of its time. <laughs> yeah. It's also got that timelessness where you can just apply a new dance craze to it and it might work. You know? Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I like it. It's good. What do you got to say, Jimmy? Absolutely. No, I just, again, just echo what you've, what you've just said. I think this gives Miles Kane full reign to be full Miles Kane, mm. including that amazing guitar sound. This band has an amazing lineup. Yeah. In it. It is frontman Miles Kane. You've got Nick Kester from Jet. You've got guitarist Graham Coxon from Blur. Jamie Davis, Matt Bellamy from Muse, and bass and drummer Sean Pine from the Zootons. I mean, that's, uh, that's a fucking pretty stellar lineup there. So, let's wrap this the fuck up. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our alternative tuna. We love it's you, been, fucking ton. We have been buggered for this whole time. Yeah, we're fucking it's ruined. Been a laugh. Anyway, we love you. Yeah, I'm Dougal. I'm Liam. And I'll always be Jim. Good night. Love you. I might. I feel like I might kill myself. What do you think? Chin a bit. Skish, skish, <laughs> belush, motherfuckers. <laughs>